boy, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. I was going to try to get through all of chapter 1, but after chapter 12, it uh, ties into everything that's in chapter 2, so we're only going to go to chapter to verse 12. This evening, uh, I hope there's something that said that can be beneficial to you in your Christian walk. First Peter chapter 12, or excuse me, First Peter chapter 1, verse number 1, says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the, of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that faith is not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom have not seen ye love, and whom, in whom though now ye see him not, ye believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searcheth diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time and the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into. There's a lot of extra words in that, in that group of verses. We're going to go through it. Uh, scriptures at a time to make it make sense, or I had to anyway for it to make sense to me. I read that through and I just kind of, kind of blinked my eyes and shook my head and felt like somebody hit me upside the head when I got done, but... It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. This area that, uh, that Peter, that he's addressing this to these Christians, uh, present-day Turkey, lies on the southern, southeastern, southern part of the Black Sea. Um, not only were they strangers as in they weren't native to that land, but they were also Christians. This is an area today that's mainly Muslim, uh, of different Muslim descent, but at this time, uh, more of your idol worshipers. It says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification, 
through sanctification of the Spirit and to obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Uh, the, this word strangers is a, is a foreign resident, a pilgrim. Now I ask you this morning, uh, kind of, this lesson is going to kind of run along with Brother Brandon's that he gave this morning, mine this evening. Um, do you ever go anywhere in public and just really don't feel like you fit in? I mean, I, I work on a cattle ranch. I, I don't see a whole lot of people throughout the week. Y'all are the most people that I see throughout the week. My brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you, I'm, not, I'm not a hermit yet, but I'm getting there. Just one more little shove in the right direction and I'm there. I, I work with my family throughout the week. But do you ever go somewhere in public and just you just really don't fit in? Whenever I was a child growing up, the area that we live in right now, uh, a lot of people refer to it as the Bible Belt. Just right through the middle of the United States, they call it the Bible Belt. And some of you might not think this world has changed a whole lot, but I'm here to tell you we have two people sitting in that foyer with guns. That's how much our world has changed. You'd ask me 20 years ago, you know, are you going to have to have armed guards at a church? And I would say, no way, not here. Anywhere else, yeah, maybe. But not here in the Texas Panhandle. And I'm here to tell you that the world that we live in has changed. You are no longer normal. You are a stranger in your home country. The country that we live in, not only does it not accept Christianity, it doesn't accept any religion whatsoever. They don't want religion. And I, I hate to, I'm not going to try to predict the future, but by the time my children get old, it might be really bad. So think about that as we go through this lesson, because I really don't think that we're too far from being in the same position that these people are in right whenever this letter was given to them. It says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God and the Father through sanctification of the Spirit. Uh, I'm not a predestination person, and this is these verses kind of sound like that, but uh, the elect according to the foreknowledge, God foreknew that we would need a Savior, that we would need Jesus Christ. And I believe that's what he's talking about here through the sanctification of the Spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ. Without Him, we have no hope. It says, in grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Help if I turn that on, wouldn't it? Second Timothy three, verse number twelve says, Yea, and all that and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Brother Brandon used this verse this morning. You are going to suffer as a Christian. There's no doubt about it. And it's not just your trials and tribulations that, that you, you come across just in your everyday life. I mean, there, there is going to come a time where Christians are really persecuted. 
And this world that we live in is just going to keep getting worse and worse. It has gotten, I can see it in the past 20 years. God's foreknowledge that we need a Savior. Spirit sanctification and the obedience of Jesus Christ. And Peter starts out by acknowledging this and, and, and telling his readers uh, that are Christians. It says, grace in, unto you and peace. In 1 Peter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter saw us by praising God for His abundant mercy. Without that mercy, we don't have anything as Christians. We don't have a hope. And he says he's begotten us again. Second Corinthians five and seventeen it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. We start anew as a human being with our sins washed away and becoming a, a child of God. Verse number 4 says, to an, inheritance, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefileth, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. You know, whenever... He, Peter understood that there's no words to describe heaven. So he tells them what it's not. It's not something that is... Defiled, it's not something that is corruptible, and it does not fade away. Now, he reminded his readers of this because I mean it would, it was going to be a very depressing letter of do good, do this, do this, do this, without mentioning the reward that they need to look forward to. John chapter three and verse number three says, "Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot enter to the kingdom of God." Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So we have, we know what it takes to be right with God. To, to accept the sacrifice that was made on our behalf for our sins. The only way that we will ever see heaven. That brings us to verse number 5. It says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. These promises, our inheritance, is kept by the power of God. Verses 6 and 7 it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in the heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found into praise and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. 
Our faith is, he said it was more precious than gold, one of the most precious things that they had. No matter what trial or temptation, keep your faith in Christ. Don't lose sight of the mark. It seems a lot of times that uh, we sometimes look for our own, look to our own understanding, church, to try to get us out of difficult situations. And in a lot of scenarios, all it takes is slowing down and and praying, turning to Him for answers, searching out Scripture that can help us not only get into those situations, but probably keep us from getting into them to begin with. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Now you know that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. I'm I'm not I'm not a runner. I never have been a very good runner. I, uh, but I don't like to lose at the same time when it comes to a race. How hard is it to run and not have an end goal? I hate running on a treadmill. They put us on treadmills in the military, and I've actually gone off one before. It was it was uh, quite embarrassing. You're running on a treadmill, you're, you're stationary, and there's no, there's no end mark until that treadmill beeps at you. You don't know when it's going to beep, but whenever you're outside, you can see, you can see your destination. And you can tell that you're getting closer and closer to it. In your Christian walk, do you run with heaven in mind? Do you strive to finish the race? Or do you get sidetracked and lose sight of the end? Verse number 6, it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are heaviness through manifold temptation. These temptations that we face, they're only for a season. Day in and day out, do you face temptations, or do they come at you kind of sporadically? I hope that they don't come to you day in and day out. But for a season, take these temptations, take your trials one day at a time, and you'll get through them. Seven, verse number 7, it says that your faith needs to be praise and glory. James 1, 2 says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Our faith in Jesus Christ, do we, do we take the struggles, do we take the trials that we're faced with and, and let them beat us up? You know, we, there, there's, there's some trials that I face that it's taken me forever to get over. It seemed like that same temptation is always there. And it just, it just keeps coming back, and it keeps coming back. 
and just on and on and on. Patience. You know, the next time it came back, maybe it was a little bit easier to get over. And then the time after that, and the time after that. I believe that's what this verse is talking about with that patience. Have patience and keep, keep doing better. Brother Jace gave a lesson one time, and I can't remember exactly what the title of it was, but he showed a graph. He said, that same temptation keeps coming up, and it seems like no matter what, we, we face the same temptation. But if you look over it through a span of time, you can slowly see yourself climbing as a Christian. And one of these days, the temptations aren't going to be there anymore. One of these days, this life will be over. And that is the, that is the end goal that we need to look at whenever we go home. And not lose sight of that. Verse number 8 says, Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now you see him not, ye believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your, your, soul, your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Peter keeps reminding these, these people that are, that are not around any other Christians, a lot like what you and I are whenever we go out into this world day in and day out. We're not, it's not like whenever you, you go somewhere that your brothers and sisters are always going to be there. Temptations are going to be out there. Ungodly people are going to be out there. And yet, you rejoice because you know the trying of your faith is going to be perfect. You rejoice in knowing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. You rejoice that your sin was paid for with blood. That sacrifice was made on your behalf. And if you continue to run that race day in and day out, you will obtain that glory in the end. You will obtain that home in heaven. First Peter, in verse, uh, in verse number 10, of which salvation the prophets had inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. You have the Bible in front of you. You have from the beginning to the end. You have the whole thing. These prophets, there was a lot of it that they didn't understand because they weren't given the whole picture. It's not the way God designed it. They searched out the Scripture and they searched out what they had and, and God speaking to them. They searched out those Scriptures. They were looking for that Messiah and He came and they didn't see Him. says, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have, re have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. We have, we have the whole story. We have Christ's death, burial, and His resurrection. We have faith that one of these days we will get to die and be reunited with Him in heaven.
In the end of this, verse number 12 says the angels desire to look, look into. Um, I kind of got stumped on this one. Why would the angels desire to look into this? And the only thing that I could come up with is that curiosity. Your faith. Do you realize that the angels don't have faith? They don't have faith because they have sought. They've seen God. They've seen heaven. They can't understand faith. They can't understand the struggles that you go through because they don't have struggles. They were not created in that way. So that's what I come with. I, I reserve the right to, to go back on that, so don't, don't hold me to it. You go on through 1 Peter and it talks about them uh, preparing for the fight, preparing for the struggles that, that they face being sojourners in, in the land that they're in. And, and I believe that that will be a, a great lesson whenever I get to it. But that's all I'm going to give you today. How is your faith? Do you, is your faith strong? No matter what temptation comes, do you always look to heaven? Do you always look for Jesus Christ and His blood and know that you know no matter what I face, I will have a home in heaven? That is my end goal. My faith is strong. Are you here today and the world is getting to you? Your faith is weak. You know, we're, we're commanded as Christians to lift those up who are weaker than us. So I ask you this morning, if, if your faith is weak and you need help, like I sometimes do, I, I, I talk to Braun, I, I talk to Pop, I I, I, I have struggles that it seems like nobody else has. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Don't let your faith waver. Don't, don't fall. Stay with Christ. Stay, stay true to the course. Don't waver.